Gentlemen, I sure am glad for salvation and what a joy it is to read the stories and the word of God of those that received Christ as Savior. If you're here today or you're watching me and you don't know Christ as Savior, you've never received him, you ought to receive him today. Today is a day of salvation. Psalm chapter 14, verse number 1 is my text verse this morning where the Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. I want to preach this morning on the subject, Who is a fool? Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. Lord, I have enjoyed reading it. I have enjoyed meditating and studying the word of God this week. And I believe this morning's message is one that each of us need to hear. And Lord, I pray that you would help us not to think of others who may need to hear the message, but Lord, think of how we need to hear what you have to say this morning through your word. I yield myself to you and ask me to use you in your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. A form of the word fool is in the Bible more than 200 times. The word fool, I think about 65 times, and then there's the word fools, foolish, foolishly, or some form of that word. It is an interesting word. Now, I will tell you, it is a negative word or has a negative connotation to me because I was never allowed to say the word. It, it, it is a word that was forbidden uh, in our house of my two brothers and I. Uh, it, it, it's a word uh, uh, folks may call another person a derogatory uh, name or uh, not a nickname, but a derogatory name. And so uh, we, were, we were never uh, to say the word. So, so it is not even comfortable for me uh, to say the word fool, uh, even in preaching because uh, my mom's watching online. I might get in trouble after church today. Uh, but, uh, but as I read the word of God, I find it all the way through the word of God. And as I studied the definition of the word, the word really got my attention. Uh, there are four basic definitions of the word fool as we look at the message this morning, who is a fool. And, 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 and the thing that got my attention is that both God in the Old Testament and the Lord Jesus, listen to me girls, girls, don't talk now, listen to me, and the, and the, the Lord Jesus in the New Testament used the word fool to describe particular people. And I thought, Jesus shouldn't say that. Just the way I felt in my conscience and growing up. And so as I, as I found the word again and again and again, I began to study, what, what, what does this word mean? Is it a derogatory uh, term to put someone down or does it define someone? Here are the four basic definitions of the word fool. First of all, it means one who is destitute of 
reason. The word destitute means bankrupt, and so they have no ability to reason. The Lord Jesus said, Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now you think of the word reason when it comes to the matter of what the Lord Jesus said, Come now and let us reason together. When I was a boy, I learned from the preaching of the Word of God that all have sinned. The penalty of sin is death in hell, and those that die without Christ go to a devil's hell. And then I learned that Jesus died on the cross to pay everyone's sin debt, and whosoever will receive him, whosoever will call upon him, shall be saved. I reasoned that out as a five-year-old boy and said, I'll take salvation. I don't want to be separated from a family. I don't want to be separated from a life. I don't want to live in hell for eternity. I want to go to heaven. And, and so I reasoned of what the preacher said and what the Bible said, and I received Christ as Savior. But, the, uh, but, but the, uh, a definition of the word fool means one who is destitute of reason. Here's another one. One of the definitions is one who counterfeits folly. Have you ever seen someone do something foolish? You know, the, 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 the famous last words of a redneck are, hey, watch this. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone do something, I mean, they, they touch the fire of a candle and they say, that doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. You know it hurts, but what they're doing is counterfeiting folly. When you think about that, you think about our world, there are many folks that counterfeit folly. They, they, they live in sin, they have the hurt of sin, they have the pain of sin, and yet they declare, it doesn't hurt, doesn't bother me. The Bible says a fool, and we'll look at Bible words and, and uses of this word, uh, but one who counterfeits folly is a fool. Here's another definition. One who desires his inclinations to be right regardless of the proof that they are not. One who desires for his inclinations to be right regardless of the proof that goes against their inclination. It's somebody who wants to be right. Insanity has been described as doing the same thing again and again and yet expecting a different outcome. So insanity would be related to this word fool because it means one who, did, who desires, who wished something was true even though it isn't true. Here's another definition of fool. It is one who suffers consequences even though they have been warned. One who suffers consequences even though they have been warned. We've all heard this either in our lives personally or about someone, either your mom or dad, when you said, well, everybody's doing it, and they said, if everybody jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff with them? How many of you have heard that before? Well, that's what a fool is. It's someone who, who though they have been warned, they go ahead and they suffer the consequences anyway. You would think because everybody's doing it and they're suffering a harm from that, we would say, I'm not going to do that. According to the Bible, 
Who is a fool? Well, it's one that's destitute of reason. They're bankrupt of reason. One who believes his inclinations against proof. One who counterfeits folly. Or one who suffers consequences against a warning. Look at our text, if you will. The Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. He wants his heart to be right, though proofs are different. You can see as the sun rises, as the rain falls, as the moon and stars appear, as the water and the seas and the rivers are in the controlling hand of our almighty God, there is a creator, there is a God. Even the heathen that's never heard the name Jesus or heard the name God, according to Romans chapter 1, are under the conviction of nature itself revealing that there is a God. So the Bible says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. This is the person of pride, or this is the person who wants to make himself God. That was the appeal Satan made to Eve in the garden. He said, God doesn't want you to eat of this fruit because he wants you to be able to make your own decisions. You can be God. Do what you want to do. And that appeal still works today for those who don't want God or the Bible to tell them what to do or to be controlled by the laws of nature. They'll declare there is no God. But God said the person that says there's no God, they're a fool. They're a fool. They're destitute of reason. They're bankrupt of reason. Uh, not only that, uh, uh, they believe their inclination or their desire against proof. They counterfeit folly. Uh, they suffer consequences even though they have been warned. Uh, take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 24 with me, if you will, this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 24. I often hear folks say, as I'll uh, preach or mention a truth, and they'll say, well, that's in the Old Testament. I don't know why folks think that things in the Old Testament are not true today. Maybe because some of the dietary laws that God gave to the Jews are misunderstood or misapplied in some way today. They want to dismiss all of the Old Testament. But it's interesting what the Bible says in Luke 24, verse number 24. The Bible says, And certain of them which were with us went to the uh, uh, sepulcher and found it uh, even so as the women have said, but him they saw not. And Jesus goes on to say in this passage of Scripture, and in Matthew chapter 24 as well, that they're a fool because they did not believe the prophets. Now, I don't know about you, but if you ever studied the prophets, and I'm not talking about just as a Bible study, but if you ever studied the prophets just on the level of history, it's quite impressive to read what God has said of the prophets. By the way, the most important prophecies ever given is that the Messiah is coming and Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And as the prophets foretold of his coming, Christ did come. But we live in a world today, and, and, and you find it, uh, uh, you find it uh, playing itself out every day in this way. If they can find one thing that's wrong, they can dismiss the whole thing. 
And, and how foolish that reasoning is. They say, well, we found a policeman that's bad, so we need to defund all the police. That's ridiculous. That's like saying I found a rotten apple, so I'm never going to eat apple again. Uh, now, that, that's a foolish thing. Of course, we don't do it when it comes to satisfying ourselves with food or with whatever we want. But the, but the Bible said, Jesus said, they're fools that do not believe those prophets. I understand those prophecies were given as many as 1,500 years before the coming of Christ. You know what a fool is? A fool is somebody that's bankrupt of reason. It's interesting to read the book of Daniel alone. I have to be careful not to go into great detail here. Uh, but all of the empires that would come, the world empire, empires that would rise and fall, Daniel told of every single one of them by name and how they would happen. And it happened just as Daniel said. The only one that hasn't yet is that stone that comes rolling out of the mountain. You know who that is? That's Jesus Christ. He's going to set his kingdom up on the earth. If I believe all the others, I certainly believe that one that Jesus is coming again but there are folks who want to say well that's in the prophets and we don't have to believe the prophets and therefore we don't have to believe the Old Testament and Jesus quoted the Old Testament and that's wrong so we don't have to believe Jesus and they basically reason away and you know what God said you're a fool now, now, it violates my conscience to say those words. It, it just does. You ever grow up with a mama and, and, and a dad that says, I mean, you're not going to say that word. You're not going to say that word. That word's not in our vocabulary. But as I look at the Bible and I see what God calls a fool, God calls a fool as one that dismisses all of the Bible because they want to dismiss one group or one person of the Bible. Uh, let, let me go ahead and say now as I will end the message with this, Though I'm not ending now. You know, don't, don't, don't put your shoes on just yet. We don't have to be fools. God's given us his word. That we can have his wisdom and we can have truth. Take your Bibles and go with me this morning. To our next passage in Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Look at verse number 9. This is where the third definition comes from. One who counterfeits folly. Proverbs 14, 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Notice that fools make a mock at sin. You know how Hollywood has made its millions of dollars? By making sin look fun and funny and acceptable, and palatable. And they have wrecked not only our culture, they've attacked the very foundational principles of the Word of God. Uh, take your Bibles and go with me to Proverbs 23. It's in the same vein here. Fools make a mock at sin. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 29. This is where that fourth definition comes from. Uh, one who suffers great consequences even though uh, they have been warned. Proverbs 23 verse number 29. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. 
they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. That's talking about fermentation. I repeat a story I've told a few times through the years. I was flying uh, to the West Coast one day, and typically when I sit down and I begin conversation, I'll ask the person beside me, what do you do for a living? And I one day asked a man, what do you do for a living? And he said, I, I work for the wineries of the world. I travel the world. And I said, that's, that, that's interesting. The Bible talks about wine. I'm a pastor. I have some questions about wine I'd like to ask you. And, and, and he told me about wine, and he said there is a strip of land. And, and he actually took a, uh, a map from the Delta magazine, and he, and he drew a line that crossed the earth. And he said, in this section, uh, grapes can be grown for wine in this section like this all around the earth. And, and I said, here's a question I want to ask you. What is the purest form of wine? He said, well, the purest form of wine would be a grape juice that is not yet fermented. I said, could, could, could you say that again? Could you tell me the, the definition of the purest, what is the purest form of wine? He said, the purest form of wine would be a pure grape juice that has not yet fermented. Now, the Bible uses the word wine, and some say it's confusing to me, but the Bible clears it up right here. Once it starts fermenting, it goes bad. You don't drink it. It's like milk. When it goes bad, you throw it away. But folks have figured out if they drink it, it makes them intoxicated if they drink it when it ferments. The Bible says when it turns itself aright, that, that, that's not the sermon. That's just extra today. I'm not even going to charge extra uh, this week for that. But that I, I want you to see this. He said when it turns, when it ferments, you ought to have enough sense to throw it away. Now notice what the Bible says here. Look not thou upon the wine. Now verse 32. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Read the news today and see how many times it made its sting over the weekend. Visit the emergency rooms on a Friday and a Saturday night and see how many are there who have wounds without cause or there is a wound for no reason. If, if, if our government officials were as concerned about preventing uh, uh, deaths and deaths that could be prevented, they'd stand up and they would have a, a, uh, an announcement every day at 4 o'clock saying, folks, stay away from alcohol. I didn't intend my sermon to be on alcohol today, but it's turning out that way, isn't it? Look at verse 33. Thine eyes shall behold strange women. And thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I, uh, when shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Proverbs 14, 9, the Bible says, a fool is one who mocks at sin. You know what a wise man does? The wise man said, that hurts, I'm not doing that again. 
That's embarrassing. I'm not doing that again. That caused me to say things I shouldn't say. I'm not doing that again. The wisest man will read the Bible and say, I don't have to experience that to believe it. I believe it because God said it. But God said a fool is one that makes a mock at sin. What's the definition of a fool? It's one who's bankrupt of reason. They just keep doing it again and again, even though they could reason better if they weren't bankrupt of reason. One who believes his inclinations against proof. One who counterfeits folly. One who suffers consequences even though he's been warned. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7. Who is a fool? I'm glad this morning I do not have to be a fool I'm glad this morning I can have the wisdom of God. I can have the word of God. And may I say to parents this morning, rear your children reading to them the word of God. Rear your children with the Bible as a foundation of their education. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Matthew 7, look at verse number 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, notice, which built his house upon the sand. Now there's more to this than the song that we sing. We sing the song, the wise man built his house upon a rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rain came down and the floods came up. The house on the rock stood firm, the house on the sand fell flat. Now the house built on the sand is not built on a solid foundation. If you want to build quickly, just skip the foundation and build the house. If you want to save a third of the cost of a building, just build the building without the foundation. But you better hope that the storms or winds never come. Because the storms reveal the strength not just of the house, but of the foundation. We've spent nearly a million dollars, if not a million dollars, on this next building, and all we can see is a flat slab of concrete. We could have, we could have come in under budget had we skipped the foundation. The only trouble is we'd be afraid to go in it and have church because if the winds come, it would cause the house to fall. You know what the Bible says? A man that builds his life on the sands of life is a foolish man. I don't want to be a foolish man. A foolish man is one that's bankrupt of reason. A foolish man is one that can't reason and say, wait a minute, you have to build the foundation. The foundation has to be deep. It has to be solid enough so when the rains and the storm and the winds come, it can still stand. I don't want to be like the foolish man who would build my life or build my marriage or rear my children or build our church on things that are just external and things that we see our lives must be built on the foundation of the Word of God. Let me make a very sharp application. So oftentimes we spend our time preparing our looks before we go to work, our appearance before we go to church, and we skip the foundation. We don't take the time to read the word of God and see what truth or what correction or what instruction that we need for the day. I want to say this morning, God's people ought to build their lives on the foundation of the word of God. 
A fool builds his life on things that are only external. Take your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Who is a fool? Well, let's look at the Bible. It's just not a person that's not liked by another. And they're called by a derogatory name and said, uh, where well, you're a fool. Uh, the Bible goes uh, uh, far uh, deeper and further than, he's not giving a derogatory name and exposing the fact that uh, he doesn't like someone. A fool is a specific definition of a behavior, of a mindset. I don't want to be a fool. I want to be a person that if wisdom is available, I want that wisdom and I want the wisdom of God and his word. Notice what he says in Ephesians 5 and verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You say, what, what, what does that mean? Well, let's look in the dictionary. Next verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know what he's saying here? If you think you're going to live forever, you're living as a fool. If you think you're going to live without any opposition, without any difficulty, without any sickness, without any sorrow, without any dying, if you're not going to walk circumspectly and you're not going to redeem the time, you're living as a fool. You know what a wise man understands? A wise man understands that life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. That means a wise man understands the importance of children getting a Bible-based education. It's important for young people not to waste their lives in frivolous games that would steal away an opportunity of education and learning and wisdom and would cause a man not to waste the prime of his life on the sins of the world that would destroy his mind or destroy his health. But the Bible says, hey, young people, redeem the time. Live your life for God. Live your life in the will of God. By the way, it is a lie when folks say, well, I don't want to live a boring, dead life. The life of a child of God in the will of God is the most exciting life that anyone could ever live. You want to make a difference for the cause of Christ, live it in the will of God. The Bible says a fool does not redeem the time. Take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. You remember I said there are over 200 references to the word fool in the Bible. We're only going to look at seven, not 200 of them. Luke chapter 12, verse number 20. Here's a man that works hard, that saves what he has. He looks at what he has and he says, I want more. I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build greater. Look at verse number 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The Bible is not being critical of this man for working and saving. The Bible teaches us to do that. But in addition to that, we're also, also supposed to be rich toward God. A fool thinks only of material things and nothing spiritual. I ask you today, as you look at your life and you take inventory of your life, how many things are spiritual? How many things are temporal? 
The temporal vanishes away. It doesn't matter if you live in a tar paper shack or a beautiful brick home. Uh, 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 fire makes ashes out of the same. But our treasure that's laid up in heaven, nothing can touch that treasure. Nothing can touch the things that money can't buy, which is the joy of the Lord and the happiness of his will and the, and the contentment that only the will of God can give. The Bible is pretty specific about who a fool is. One more and I'm finished this morning. 2 Samuel chapter 3. 2 Samuel chapter 3. It's an Old Testament illustration of an eternal truth in these days as they built the land of promise the land of Canaan they built what was called a city of refuge a city of refuge was a place in the event that you killed someone whether it would be accidental or on purpose you could flee to a city of refuge not to get away from justice, but to assure justice. Because in those days, if you killed a man, your life could be taken by a family member. And that was, that's what the law said. But you could flee to a city of refuge. And in the city of refuge, not only would you be protected. Now, it's not like a sanctuary city that protects criminals in our day. It was a place that they could get a fair and a just trial. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Samuel 3 and verse number 33. The Bible says... And the king lamented over Abner and said, Dieth Abner as a fool dieth. What he's saying here, he could have gone to a city of refuge. He could have, he could have fled. He could have sought justice and asked for mercy, but he died as a fool. Here's what he's saying. Look right this way and I'm finished. Everyone here is under the condemnation of sin. But I'm thankful that God has made a city of refuge. We can go to Christ, our Savior today, and there we can find justice. Oh, no, preacher, you say, if I get what's just and what's justice, I'll die because I'm guilty. Oh, but wait a minute. The city of refuge or the person of Christ, yes, God does demand justice, but Jesus said, I'll pay his sin debt the satisfying the requirement of God's justice and death did pay the penalty of my sin. I'm glad though it wasn't my death. It was the death of the Savior who died in my place. Now the truth is all of us are going to die. But there's no need for anyone to die as a fool dieth or one that would reject Christ as Savior. I'll tell you this and I'm finished. I was witnessing to a man, and this happened more than once, but in particular I was witnessing to a man one day and he said to me, I haven't done anything I think that would send me to hell. I said, have you ever received Christ as your Savior? And he said, no, I've never done anything I believe that would send me to hell. I said, have you ever received Christ as your Savior? No, I haven't done anything I think that would send me to hell. I said, you don't understand. To reject Christ will send you to hell. He's the only Savior of the world. You have to understand, 
God is not trying to decide who is the worst of the condemned. He's declared all have been condemned guilty under sin and death is the penalty. The worst thing you can do is reject his son as savior. The Bible says don't die as a fool dieth. Die as one of wisdom that says I receive Christ as my savior. Stand with me this morning. This morning we've looked at examples in the Bible of what a fool or who a fool is. One destitute of reason, one bankrupt of reason, one who counterfeits folly. One who lives in deception rather than reality. Today let's live as a wise person. Forget what the culture says, forget what Hollywood says. That book right there is the truth of God. Have faith in God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today, you've never received Christ as Savior, you're watching me and you've never received Christ as Savior, trust Him today. Don't die as a fool dieth. One who believes in his own inclinations rather than the truth of the gospel, trust Him today. And as a Christian, we ought to hunger and desire for the wisdom of God in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us as we live, as we lead, as we rear our children, to do so in the wisdom of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.